I want to say something about why I record these podcasts. I have more of a theory about what I'm doing here (laughs) than I'm sure is evident in the product. But before I do that, I want to say something about how obscure from... Did I just whistle? (laughs) Oh, man. I just watched that Arrested Development episode where Job, like, crunches one of his teeth. Crunches? Uh, He, like, chips a tooth. And uh, every time he says an S, and every time he tries to pronounce an S, is his tooth whistles. I think I just whistled. I want to say something about how obscure from even ourselves our motivations are. And I think a great example of this is the birthday fundraiser posts. (laughs) I want to say a few things about this. I want to talk about motivations. Let's just analyze people's motivations for for doing these fundraiser things on their birthdays. And then I want to acknowledge that it's almost like mean to try and look at the motivations. First part, why do people do the Facebook fundraiser posts? I think the first thing to say is people do not deeply analyze their motivations before they do something. Also, even if they did, I don't think that I have the tools to totally discern someone's motivation. I feel incredibly stymied when I try and think about human motivation. But you know what? I don't want to be... I heard Chomsky use this term once. Uh, I'm not given to false humility or false modesty. I'm not given to false modesty. I get that I spend a lot of time thinking about these things If I can't figure it out, then people who spend even less time thinking about this stuff, well, they're they're in an even worse position than I am in relationship to figuring out their motivation. So that's my first point is people don't really know their motivations. The first response you would get would be, I wanted to do something nice. I wanted to do something nice. First off, how much money did you donate? Aren't you pretty sure that the people who put up the birthday fundraiser posts are not donating to the cause that they're asking you to donate to? Okay, well, it's their birthday. They're asking you to do something on their birthday. Okay, but it's just interesting because that undermines the idea that you wanted to do something nice. Okay, you wanted other people to do something nice. Why is it on your birthday? Okay, well, this goes to the next level of sort of the post hoc rationalization of the birthday fundraiser post. The conceit here. (laughs) Am I using that word right? I think a conceit is like something we're all pretending is true, even though we don't know it's true. Maybe I'm using that word wrong. Anyway, the conceit here is that we were all going to buy you something. And you so generously said, oh, I'm not interested in the material things of life. Instead of buying me that jewelry, donate to this noble cause. I wasn't going to buy you anything. Some people have, like, I have a very, I actually think this was a mistake. I should have taken the approach that everybody else took a long time ago. I made a point of rejecting many Facebook requests. I actually used to go through and like call my Facebook friends. Like, you know what? 
That girl never responds when I text her. Delete. (laughs) And so I have a very small group of Facebook friends, relatively speaking. But most people have like 500 or 1,000. They have like some absurd quantity of Facebook friends. What proportion of those people are we even going to pretend we're planning on buying you a birthday present? Like none of them. If you've got 800 Facebook friends, uh, were three of them going to get you a present? If your purpose in this post is simply to divert funds from buying you things to charitable contributions, you wouldn't send out a Facebook post. You'd simply verbally express this sentiment to the, like, two people in your immediate family who would bother buying you a birthday present to begin with. Okay, so your desire to do a nice thing, we've seen, can't be the reason. Your desire to have people who were going to buy you presents do something nice, I guess sort of in your name or something, That actually can't be the reason either. Huh. Then what the fuck is the reason? That's a lot harder to answer. I think it's plain that it's a sort of pretext. We don't have to be cynical about this. I think it is a perfectly innocent thing. I think they're using the opportunity of their birthday. They're seeing that this offers... Again, this is like subconscious or something. I don't mean that they're thinking through it like this. It provides a plausible pretext for advertising to everybody that they are a kind, generous person. I think it's really, they want to say something about themselves. And, you know, how many opportunities do we really have to send a message out to a large group of people? We all kind of want to. And... Most of us don't have very many opportunities to do that. I got to play music when I was younger. I got to be on stage in front of dozens. I think once or twice I was in front of maybe hundreds. The number I remember for the largest show was 2,000. I don't know who said that to me. I don't know if it's true. When I remember the audience to the extent that I can recall it through my drunken vision... Uh, It seems plausible. It was at the main stage at the Palladium. I said that to a colleague once, and they pretended not to hear it. And I'm sure that they figured I was lying to them. (laughs) So they just pretended. They just pretended I didn't say that. I actually played on the main stage at the Palladium once. Um, Most of us don't have an opportunity to send a message out to a large group of people, but we kind of want to. We kind of want to say, here's who I am, here's what I'm all about. And so I think the, the Facebook fundraiser posts, I think they're perfectly innocent. I just wanted to make the point, and I'm not trying to pick on anybody by doing it. Our motivations are complicated. We don't know what they are. Other people don't know what they are. So why the hell am I recording these podcasts? Actually, the first point I wanted to say was not so much about the motivation. I'll talk about the motivation in a minute, but I want to say something about the sort of theory I have about how these ought to be structured and how much I ought to invest in it. I've invested virtually nothing. My recordings are on the free Voice Memos app on my iPhone. 
the editing, which is really just stitching the memos together, taking out a few really dramatic breaths or coughs, that's done on free audio editing software. Hokusai, I think. You type it into Google and you get like a Japanese medieval painter. <laughs> it was actually pretty cool. The paintings were actually uh, really cool. You do have to pay for a hosting site. So that's my sort of theory of operating procedure here. Spend as little money as possible. Do it on the most readily available tools. Nothing fancy. There's also a sort of theory about the structure of the recording. I arrived at this at a sort of parsimony, a sort of Occam's razor. I want the least heavy lift necessary. And if you notice, the earliest recordings were me. I was walking. I was just doing what I would normally be doing. Now, I actually decided against the outside walking. So now I actually have to kind of sit down in the car. <laughs> no, I don't have a microphone. No, I don't have a... I'm not renting a studio <laughs> or something. No, I'm actually sitting in my car, parked in what is I'm aspirationally supposed to be a, uh, a quiet spot. I'm barely investing anything in terms of time and energy. That's important to me. Rambling and conversational are very light lifts. And it makes more sense to start off with that and see, okay, well, maybe I need to tighten it up a little. One of my favorite podcasts to listen to, and actually I usually watch his YouTube channel as opposed to listen to the podcast, is Chael Sonnen's podcast. Okay, so there's, there's two pieces. There's the conversational style as opposed to having a tightly worded script. And then there's the, do the topics matter? So let's talk about both. I will listen to Chael talk about anything. Chael talks about amateur wrestling sometimes. I've never watched a single match of amateur wrestling. I think I would probably enjoy it a little bit for a short amount of time. The little bit that I know about amateur wrestling, I find it impressive. Um, you know, I hear Joe Rogan carry on about, you know, the discipline these guys have and, and whatnot. But I'll listen to Chael Sonnen talk about it all day. I will listen to Chael Sonnen tell, he has a video, and it's like, the title is something like, Get in the Hole. And it was this absolutely weird story about, like, he knows a guy whose friend once tried to get him to get into a hole. <laughs> I, have n I don't really understand the story. I listened to the whole story. It's in my head still. Why? Because he's such a good storyteller. I just like listening to him. It's similar with John McWhorter. With his podcast, I don't know how much I learn from the podcast. I learn a little bit. Some of it sticks in my head. Sometimes I have no idea what he's talking about. I'm not learning any Javanese, even though he refers to it. <laughs> I'm not learning any of the other languages he talks about. I'm learning a little bit of linguistics, but the truth is when I put him on, it's not to learn something. It's just that he's just such a good speaker. Let me use John McHorder and Glenn Lowry as the sort of perfect example of why I don't 
think it makes sense to start off now. You know, maybe it'll maybe it'll turn out that I need to add these things going forward. But right now, I think it makes sense to start off with spontaneity and a conversational style. I think it makes sense to not worry too much about the overarching coherence of a particular episode. And I don't even think it matters that much to have a theme for the podcast overall. Let's use Glenn Lowry and John McCorder for that. So Glenn Lowry, John McCorder, they speak roughly once a month on Glenn Lowry's podcast, just called The Glenn Show. Absolutely conversational, spontaneous. The other thing they're doing is they're bouncing around from topic to topic. That's what happens in a conversation. It would be surprising if you did have to have one topic per episode, given that human conversation doesn't function like that. So why would, when we're listening to audio, why would we need that one topic per per episode? I'm not sure. So those are my thoughts spontaneously expressed. Right now, the operating procedure is the lightest lift possible. What about my motivation? That one is harder to figure out. I want to distinguish between my motivation and the function. One function of the podcast is it helps me learn things that I'm interested in learning. Okay, so some of these recordings have been about like the philosophy of causation. Speaking about that as opposed to simply learning it learning it quietly on my own without telling anyone about it. That is really helpful, trying to explain it to someone else, even if that someone else may be uh, fictitious. <laughs> I don't know how many people are listening to that. But just the exercise in explaining it to a hypothetical person, <laughs> a hypothetical audience, is really is really helpful for me. Okay, so functions. It has some functions like that, meaning there are things it is doing for me that are positive, that I like, but... Is that my motivation exactly? I have some friends who would record like, it was almost like YouTube shows. It was them doing like comedy. No one watched it. (laughs) And I remember one of those friends kind of expressing a sense of, you know, what what the hell? You know, I, I, I put all this work into this thing and no one cares. And I remember saying to that friend, well, you know, I I admire it. You're you're being creative. The truth is there is a need that some people have for creative production and the need to share it. What if nobody cares about it? Why would you put it out there if there isn't an audience for it? All I can tell you is that I feel a need to put it out there. If I go to my Buzzsprout account and it says like, okay, one download, I'll tell you the truth. (laughs) I actually experienced this. I feel relieved. So those are my frankly still unsettled, though more coherent than they used to be, thoughts about the podcast.